Grand Fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to this episode. I am so excited to talk about this week. There's so much going on. Oh, it's like a royal bonanza. I love it. Yeah, a royal bonanza. There's so much going on. We thought we would start straight away, Royal Community, with some of your comments from our last episode, talking all about Catherine's outfits and whether they're too similar. Well, Rach, this kind of has a little bit of a to and a fro in, hasn't it? A lot of people agreed with us and other people didn't agree with us at all. Oh my goodness. This caused a bit of a uproar. <laughs> Our Instagram. <laughs> I was like, people, please just listen to the podcast. We're not dissing Catherine. Obviously, some people will disagree with us, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. We had one comment from Lucianne Horton. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. She said, I enjoyed the last episode so much. I'm right with you girls. The last outfit, black and white, was too much the same. Her stylist needs to step up. Wow, they're strong words. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lovely email from Suzanne Denton saying, how much she enjoys the podcast, but also given her point of view about last week's episode, she said, can I ask you to consider looking at it from another perspective that everyone knows that she and William now stand to gain the income of the Duchy of Cornwall. So their income has increased quite dramatically since they gained their new titles. And isn't it better for the economy that she spends some money on fashion, for example, to keep others employed? If she were to go back to a wardrobe of the last 10 years and not spend a penny, what would that do to the dressmakers, designers and suppliers to them? This is a very good point. Yeah, and it's something I actually didn't really consider. And we are actually going to do a fashion episode in the summer looking at the role of the stylist because that has become quite a talking conversation, especially over on Instagram when we put up certain posts this week. A lot of people were commenting on, but does she have a stylist? And yes, she does. And we'll be talking about that more in the summer. So stay tuned for that fashion episode. The only thing I would add to that point that Susanna's making is Catherine tends to buy from the same designers. There are plenty of British designers here in the UK and also the Commonwealth, right, Rach? So it would be amazing if she actually spread the wealth in different areas too, not the same designers constantly. Then maybe diversify a little bit and let's see something different. And just to finish off from last week's episode, I put up a poll on Spotify. Should the Princess of Wales buy similar outfits? Now, it was very mixed. Yes, she can buy anything. It was 28.6%. Basically, it's her money. She does what she wants with it. No, it's a waste of money was 18.4%. Not really bothered was 20.4%. And yes, but more rewears was 32.7%. And we'll talk about this a bit later, but we have seen her wearing some rewears this week, haven't we? Exactly. And that's the thing. We're not saying she hasn't done the rewears. It's just she's buying clothes that are so similar to what she already has. It makes no sense. Um, Shall we head straight up and into the Royal Roundup for this week, shall? We shall. Let's do it. So 
let's start with some sad news that we heard this week. A spokesperson for Sarah, Duchess of York, revealed that she was recently diagnosed with an early form of breast cancer after a routine mammogram screening. She was advised she needed to undergo surgery and is now recuperating at home. In this statement, it said the Duchess wants to express her immense gratitude to all the medical staff who have supported her in recent days. Now, Sarah and Princesses Beatrice and Eugenie are joint patrons of Teenage Cancer Trust. Sarah became patron in 1990 and Beatrice and Eugenie joined her in 2016. There was also something that came out this week that said her sister had reminded her to go. So she's really urging people to go for their screenings. Yeah, and she actually spoke about this on her recent podcast episode. And further to what you were saying, Shell, what she said was it was when the weather was really warm and she was like, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered. Like, I'm not in London. I'm going to have to go to London. And her sister was like, just do it. Like, you just need to do it. And it was one yeah. of those things she was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And luckily, it was caught early. And she seems pretty optimistic about it. So we're thinking of her. We're sending our thoughts and our prayers to her and the family and just hope she gets better. Let's move to the Duke of Gloucester. To mark Armed Forces Day, the Duke of Gloucester took the salute at the March Past in Falmouth. More than 1,000 military personnel, veterans and cadets paraded through the town. I also love this because on the socials, the King and the Queen put up thanks for the Armed Forces post, didn't they? So it's really nice. It's so wonderful to have a day that everybody celebrated. Let's move on to the Duke of Edinburgh as patron of the Queen's Club. And this is, this is in regards to tennis. Prince Edward saw wheelchair tennis player Alfie Hewitt in action and met para tennis players, ball boys and girls and people working behind the scenes at the Cinch Champions Tennis Tournament. We've got a lot of tennis coming up, haven't we, in the next few weeks? I was got to say the exact same thing. Like if you don't like tennis, Royal Community, you better just hold on to your hats because there's lots of <laughs> tennis coming. <laughs> and in this episode, we're going going to be talking about tennis in a few minutes a so stay bit, tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen the royal hobnob the princess royal was flying all over the place in recent weeks Rach, from a whistle stop tour to canada to opening the royal highland show in edinburgh last week and also royal ascot and we also saw it opening the geo equestrian festival in germany on tuesday what i loved about this is during the opening which i'm not joking as she was going around in this carriage everyone was just like screaming ah! i was like yes go on i love this bit and she gave a speech because she was opening uh the event and she spoke about how tense she felt because this was the exact event that zara won the championship and she said that this visit obviously just opening the event was a lot easier the last time i guess for rage she actually opened the event by speaking fluent german and everyone was gobsmacked they were like hang <laughs> on a minute we all know that the royal family can speak German, but this was amazing. So I was so happy for Anne. It was absolutely fantastic. And um, Michelle, can you just explain to the royal community? Because at least I would say three times a week over on Instagram, I get the question, why do you call the princess royal the royal hobnob? <laughs> Do you know what? I feel like I need to do a YouTube video describing why with biscuits because it makes way (laughs) more sense. Okay, so for all of the royal community out there that are quite new and do not know the backstory, the royal hobnob was named because she is the hardiest working member of the royal family, just like the McVitie's hobnob is the hardiest biscuit in the biscuit tin. So we know that if you do 
dunk a rich tea biscuit is gonna just completely fall to pieces with one dunk but with a hobnob biscuit you can dunk and dunk and it's still going and that's what we love about the princess royal she's so hard working she's a hard nut isn't she this is what we love about her so she is the royal hobnob of the royal family and i hope that makes sense and we have actually put that in our instagram story so if you ever want to find out more about us go to our q a a highlight we've got lots of questions on there that people have asked us ever since we've started the podcast and one of the questions is about the royal hobnob, royal hobnob so yeah. <laughs> i feel like we need some more nicknames for other people as well yeah um right shell let's move on to royal ascot can you believe the king and queen camilla's horse desert hero won Oh, uh, I had a little tear in my eye, Rach. Oh my God. It was, was so, so emotional, wasn't it? It was emotional because for it to have won that year, I was like, oh, the queen, one more year and she I would know. have seen it. But then we also had the shot, and I did post this on our Instagram, of Queen Camilla and the king. And they were emotional themselves. You could see Camilla wiping a tear away. You could yeah. see tears in the king's eyes. And we actually saw Zama as well giving an interview after. And she said the same thing you just said, Shell, that Queen Elizabeth II would have loved to have been witness to that. And she said it's just so great that, and she called them Charles and Camilla. She said it's just great that it's happened for them in the coronation year as well. So Desert Hero won the King George V stakes on day three of Royal Ascot. Yeah, I love this. I love the fact that they went up and got the trophy because obviously <laughs> the whole of Royal Ascot are the royal family giving the trophies. Who yeah. gave the trophy? Was it Zara gave the trophy? The Duke of Kent. It Duke, of Kent. Duke of Kent, yes, of course. Again, lovely synergy, wasn't it? It was, Aww. it was. And we've had a few requests, Shell. People want us to talk about what our thoughts were on the royal fashion at this year's Royal Ascot. Okay. I'm going to pick out a few of my highlights. Queen Camilla debuting the Coltard Thomason scallop shell brooch on day one, previously worn by Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother and Queen Elizabeth II. This piece of jewellery, it blows me away. It's so stunning. And just to see that on Camilla on the first day, it was like, right, now we're off to Royal Ascot. I love it. (laughs) Get the jewels out. Get the jewels out. (laughs) But then I also loved on day one, the Duchess of Edinburgh, Sophie, in that all white Susanna London dress. Just so, so chic. Also, give a massive shout out to Sophie on day three. She attended with her dad. Oh, I love this with her dad, Rach. Oh, yeah. She was wearing a hat by Juliet Milnery. And I can only describe this as a work of art. It was lilac. It had floral appliques. It was just absolutely spectacular. I think this is the best hat I've seen Sophie wearing. On day four, we had the appearance of William and Catherine, which everybody was waiting for. When they were seen on the screen for the first time, there was this massive cheer. Massive, wasn't it? And it was palpable. You could feel that energy. You could feel it. But what I will say, Shell, is she was wearing red. She was wearing Alexander McQueen. She looked nice. But it wasn't my favourite. I've got to admit that. Oh, interesting. What didn't you like about it? I think it was just so much red. And red isn't particularly one of my favourite colours. So maybe I was put off by that. I mean, she looked stunning as usual. I didn't really think the bag matched really well. It was a vintage Hermes bag. It didn't really match. It was more of a daytime bag and not something that I would put with an outfit like that. 
but you know who I'm going to say blew me away. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Drum roll, please, roll community. Oh my gosh. We all know, shout out loud if you're out there driving, walking the dog, mowing the lawn, shout out loud. Beatrice! Beatrice! Yay! My girl Beatrice. I absolutely thought she looked sensational. And a lot of people were saying, this is the best look that they've seen her in. Oh, it was just absolutely stunning. She was wearing a floral lace dress by Monique Lulier, earrings by Chopard. Her hair was impeccable. I was trying for hours to find a really good shot of the hair. But because Catherine was there, obviously all the photographers were just taking photos of her. And I was like, no, like people want to see because Sophie was there on that day. She was wearing a lovely dress and it was so hard to find a full length shot of Sophie as well. Royal Ascot, it's it's always lovely to see. I think we've said it before on the podcast. I don't really support horse racing. I know people that don't even particularly go for the horse racing. They just go for the day out. It's a nice event to get dressed up, have some champagne, have a nice dinner. I know a few people that actually went this year. And it was really funny because they were taking pictures and they were like, who is this? And it was the Duke of Gloucester. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because Royal Ascot always announced who are going to be in the carriages. But what you'll find is some days we had Zara there. Some days we had Beatrice there and they weren't in the carriages. So it wasn't formally announced until you're actually seeing photos of them. Yeah. Royal Community, it's no surprise to you that florals are not my thing. However, come on, you cannot... Talk about Royal Ascot without talking about Zara. She looked incredible. Not just the styling, but the makeup and the hair. And what I love about Zara, especially when she's in these horse events, there's a confidence about her that is so different from the other members of the royal family because horses is a thing. And I loved seeing the Princess Royal with Zara as well. And I didn't see Mike wearing any of Zara's hats this year though, Rachel. Did I just miss that? I know what's going on. He's fallen off the wagon. Like, yes, he, has. he was funny last year. Why isn't he funny this year? What's going on? <laughs> I wanted him to pull a little hat out of the top hat like he did the other year with the Queen. It was so funny. It was so funny we're missing that Mike get it back get your act <laughs> together <laughs> um last day of Ascot we saw Camilla where she had that gold kind of choker thing and like a feathery hat that was amazing I just thought the rest of the looks apart from the jewelry were a little bit blah but I just love this look on her and Rach I actually disagree with you I loved Catherine's dress I loved the structure of the shoulders I actually liked the fact that it wasn't as form-fitting on her I know a lot of people are saying there's a little bit baggy I actually really like that she was giving us something different I agree about the bag and even the shoes but the hat was impeccable her hair was impeccable and her makeup was on point so that's what I've got for this year let's move on now to the king and queen Camilla they visited Poundbury in Dorset where they opened the Duke of Edinburgh Gardens which features a bronze bust of Prince Philip They also unveiled a new relief of themselves to mark the completion of Queen Mother Square and Royal Pavilion in the centre of Poundbury. I loved the bust of Prince Philip. I thought it was absolutely spectacular. The one thing I didn't get, Rach, was the whole reliefs of themselves. I just don't understand how that would be like a good thing to mark the completion of the Queen Mother Square. I just don't understand the connection between it. Maybe it was because it was their coronation year that it was completed. But why not call it the coronation square? <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Oh, but I uh, maybe the king was so close to the queen mother. It might be they was called that and they were like, actually, let's put two plaques up for the coronation, like you were saying. And the funniest thing was during the engagement, there was a guy who unveiled the reliefs rather than the king or the queen unveiling it. <laughs> and you could tell the king was like, that was kind of my job. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, he's unveiled a plaque, uh, plaque attack. Oh, no, it's the wrong person. He didn't do it. <laughs> well, no. What, do you know what was funnier than that? Did you see the people in their bathrobes that came out their spa day to meet uh, the king and queen? I would have done the same. I'd have been straight out of that, you know, oxygen tank or whatever. I'd be right <laughs> outside. I'd have the spa slippers on the robe. I'd be like, hi, sir. <laughs> oh, stop the massage. I've got the king to meet. <laughs> press pause. I'll be right back. I mean, Rach, I met the king with a pill-shaped bloody bobble hat and a coat on. So that was even better, I reckon, uh, rocking up <laughs> in a spa dressing oh. gown. <laughs> So let's move on to the Princess of Wales, who is patron of the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club. I feel like that actual title gets longer every year, right? <laughs> yeah. And I've never <laughs> seen her at a croquet match. <laughs> a match, a game, what do you call it? <laughs> I know. Do you know, I've never ever played croquet. It only reminds me of Alice in Wonderland with those flamingos. I just know it as Pow Mow from Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the reference, Royal Community. I'll just keep going. <laughs> Rachel's Bridgerton is my Harry Potter with Rachel. <laughs> right, okay. So um, she was joined by the eight-time Wimbledon winner, Roger Federer. Now, they were shining a light on the crucial role the ball boys and girls play in the tournament. They visited a training session where they got to see Sporty Catherine in action. Rach, come on. I wasn't expecting her to be in full, like, lawn, tennis and croquet club <laughs> apparel. <laughs> were you? I wasn't, but hello, legs. I mean, I need to work out more on leg day, don't I? I honestly think that they need to have longer skirts or allowed to wear shorts. I think it was a bit too short for me. <laughs> I can't just say on this engagement, everyone was just like gravitating towards Catherine. Well, we've got one of the best tennis players in the world Roger Federer right next to her and she was just holding her own she was did you see when she caught the ball and then um, Roger Federer was like oh, I don't know if you're supposed to do that <laughs> actually that's a point I want to make do you know the, the girl was showing Catherine around and she said nice catch to Catherine I'm sorry how is anyone allowed to be that young and that composed around the royal? She was excellent. I would have freaked out. She was such an exemplary person to have showing Catherine around. And she was just like, so like, well done, Catherine. I was like, yes. <laughs> what was really interesting about this is there's only 250 spots available. These ball boys and girls, they all go in for the same positions, but only 250 are picked. Do they get paid though, Rachel? Or is this like a voluntary thing? No, I find I it really weird yeah. that they don't get paid if that's the sense. Well, they, all, they all belong to tennis clubs and it's just kind of one of those things. Even Roger Federer back in Switzerland, he was a ball boy. We also saw Catherine opening up Hope Street, a pioneering family-friendly residential community, which will pilot supporting women in the justice system. This is the first of its kind in the UK. And she heard how Hope Street will work to prevent mothers being separated from their children in the justice system. Now, right during this engagement, Catherine put a little note. There was like a tree of hope in the middle of the residential community. And she wrote a note and it said, I see you and I'm with you 
good luck in all that lies ahead, Catherine. I was just like, oh my gosh. She came up with that on the fly. I would be like, I can I have another one because I've said it wrong. Another connection here is she was shown around the facilities by Lady Edwina Grosvenor. Now, she's got a royal connection because her brother is actually George's godfather. And when Catherine saw her, she was like, it's finally open. So you can tell that they've had these conversations about what is happening. And it's finally the day where the facility is open and how exciting that must be. This isn't the type of engagement we normally see Catherine in, in the sense that it was a residential community. She's meeting people that have been in the justice system. These people were telling their stories to Catherine, but... It's sometimes hard to relate to it if you've never experienced yourself and what that experience is like. Yeah. But I think that's the whole point of these royal engagements is to shine a light and to bring press and awareness to these causes. And if this can help to prevent people from reoffending and it can help people better their lives after they've come out of prison, then I'm all for it. Also this week, we've seen Catherine open the Young VNA. This was fantastic because it was a children engagement. And we used to said it before, she is the children's princess. And they were all coming up to hug her. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, this has had excellent reviews. It's been hailed as a fantastic new addition. And it's changed from what I think was the Museum of Childhood into the Young Victorian Albert Museum. So that's it for the Royal Roundup this week. Let's move into the Royal News. If you would love to support us, you can over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Head on over and buy Rachel and I a cup of coffee to help us keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community, which is £4 or roughly 6 bucks monthly. And for that, you get a Zoom call with Rachel and I every month and also an exclusive Facebook group. So come on over, K-O-F-I. The link is in the show notes. Last week, we were talking about this new initiative that might potentially be released by Prince William and the Royal Foundation sometime soon. I didn't realise it was going to be this soon. This is incredible. Absolutely incredible. So the Prince of Wales and the Royal Foundation have unveiled Homewards, a UK-wide programme to end homelessness. Six locations across the UK, Lambeth, Newport, Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, Belfast, Aberdeen and Sheffield will be used to test ideas to cut homelessness with plans to bring together housing experts, charities and private industry to develop housing projects and support services over the next five years. Now, homers will support each of the six locations with £500,000 and access to a national expert panel. And this was actually inspired by Finland, who is just about raised homelessness in their country. And this also has the backing of William's patronages, including Centrepoint and The Passage. Now, William says Homewards aims to give people across the UK hope that homelessness can be prevented by showing them the progress we can make when we collaborate. It's a big task, but I firmly believe that by working together, it is possible to make homelessness rare, brief and unrepeated. And I'm very much looking forward to working with our six locations to make our ambition a reality. First thing I'm going to say... Diana, Princess of Wales, would have been so proud of William taking this initiative and doing what he's doing. I have scoured their website 
homeward, I've watched all of the YouTube channel videos and I've looked and actually read all of the studies that are on the website. The reason I did that is because Shaping Us campaign, I found really confusing and I wanted to see whether Homewood had some meat to it. And actually it does. It makes sense. I understand it. I know where their vision is going. And it was only obviously until recently we heard more about Shaping Us. But I think this is how you launch an initiative. This was excitement. And what was lovely was it was connected to hope. It's not a pie in the sky idea. They've done it in Finland. Let's trial it in these six areas over five years. Let's see if we can make a difference here in the UK and if it works. And I think that is what brings hope. It isn't the fact that he's there saying, I'm going to end homelessness for every single person in the UK. He's saying, we're trialing this. We're going to see if it works. And that is commendable, actually. And I just really hope this goes from strength to strength. I'm all behind this. It sounds amazing. When anything like this is launched, especially when it's launched by a royal, people will say, he's a prince. What does he know? He's never lived that life. So how can he relate? And he admits himself that he leads a privileged life. And with that comes responsibility. Instead of criticising and being negative, he should be actually praised for what he's doing and using his platform in this way to pioneer this initiative. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And when he was going around the six locations, because we've seen him on this 48-hour whistle-stop tour as such. Yeah. I mean, he was working as hard as uh, the Royal Hobnob, wasn't he, this week? Yeah. <laughs> he was saying that this has been in the making for two years, but it's actually been in his mind for over 10 years. Yeah. So this isn't something that he's just thought of off the cuff. And as we know, with initiatives like this, they have people that have expertise, knowledge in these areas. And so they're really leaning on those people that know what they're talking about, what needs to be done. For instance, like Centrepoint, like The Passage, he's been there so many times over the year. We've heard he wants to involve his children, just like Diana did with him and Harry, taking them when they were children. You can't criticise someone for trying to do something. At least let him try. And if it doesn't work, then who else is trying at this point? That is my point exactly. I'm sure there was criticism when the Prince of Wales at the time, the King now, set up the Prince's Trust or when the Duke of Edinburgh started the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. And look at that now. One thing I will I'll say is there's a lot of issues that come up with mental health and homelessness. And what I love about this is there's this synergy of working with the, you know, support systems, social workers, we've got mental health, we've got the housing, they're all working in tandem. Then you also have big business, NatWest, Duchy of Cornwall. I think I even saw- Ikea. Ikea, that's right, Ikea. Do you see what I mean? Everybody working together, coming together to see if they can solve it. And if they solve it, to keep it solved. So then they create a system that works because at the moment, the system doesn't work. But lots of, as you said, criticism is, yeah, but there's not enough social housing and Prince William thinks he's going to do this and let him try, let him give it a go. If they've done it in Finland, why not here? What they've also done is they've worked with a company to create a study of people's relationships to what they think homelessness is and whether this problem can be solved. So if you go onto their website, you'll be able to look at all the statistics that came from that study. 
And it's going to be interesting that in two years' time, they're going to do that study again. And I think at the end of the five years, they'll do that study again and see whether anything has changed, not just for the homeless people, but also for the community around them. So this is going to be a a long-term thing. Hold on to your hat. Royal Community, Rach, we're in it for the long haul. And just the same with the Earthshot Prize. William has stuck his neck out. You know, the Earthshot's going to be 10 years. This is going to be five years. And these are long long-term initiatives let's see what it brings yeah and I think it's exactly like you said don't be expecting something to happen in the next year because it's not going to these things take time yeah like you can't just click your fingers and it be fixed overnight exactly the same with Catherine's shaping us now because they're doing that baby scale that's going to take years but if they do get it right and it works this is going to have a long-term effect that will just reverberate throughout society and really help people to create great family units and that's the same with homelessness something that they also mentioned was it's not just people on the streets, Rach. These are people that are sofa surfing. These are people who are family homelessness, where they're just going from place to place, trying to find some stability as a family. And that's why we saw Prince William meeting Jerry Horner. We never thought we saw a Spice Girl again with a royal family, but there they were. And they were in a school in Newport. And I love this engagement because this actually brings in the community aspect. Schools are a massive part of solving the homelessness issue because they will be the first people to notice something that's changing within the children and to get the family help. And what's really interesting as well is the celebrities that they've had involved with this. So, for instance, one of our TV presenters here is called Gail Porter, and she was on Good Morning Britain talking about the fact that in the 90s, she actually became homeless because of different circumstances. And she was sofa surfing. And she said there's such a stigma around you can be working a job and you can still be homeless. Yeah, I know. Exactly right. There's so many different circumstances. And I think it was good that they've got these people that have different experiences or know people, know certain situations and how that fits in together. And they've had Tyrone Mings, who is a really successful football player here. And we had that engagement with him in Sheffield and he was in a school with kids. So that's bringing in the kids element to it because, you know, the kids gravitated towards him because of who he is. And he plays for a very successful football club over here. Aston Villa, William's favourite team. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice that they've had these advocates and these big companies already involved from the get go because it's just got to prove that the studies that they've already done, even before this was announced, has actually proven something and opened these big companies' eyes. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, let's do something. If at least we try, we've tried. Great point, Rachel. Can I just mention how joyous the crowds were meeting William this week? Oh, it was so lovely to see. They loved him. I loved the engagement in Sheffield when he came out and all the kids were going berserk. They were asking for photos and I posted one of the videos on our Instagram, Keeping Up the Windsor's Pod. So make sure that you go follow over there because we track their daily engagements. And it was just so joyous. You could just feel the love coming from everybody. Although I did see the bodyguards were like, oh, (laughs) this is a bit too much. Well, somebody actually (laughs) said this. We didn't know until he was there you know, for instance, that Sheffield was going to be one of the locations. So these weren't announced engagements. He just turned up. And even when he was in Belfast, people were hearing 
did you know that Prince William's here? And then people were just turning up on the street. Mm. These ladies hugged him and they were like, oh, he's so gorgeous. He's so lovely. He's so beautiful. And someone was said, you've got a beautiful wife and family. And he was like, thank you. I had a big issue with people kissing him. Like, cause he went in for the hug, like that's fine. But I don't know, for me, that's a bit too far. That's, that's over a line for me. So, Royal Community, what do you think of Homewards? Do you think it's going to be successful? Do you think William's doing the right thing? Do you think this is the right time to announce this, considering, as we always say, we're going through a cost of living crisis? Is there ever a right time? And do you think Diana would have been proud of him? Because I think she would have been like, She would have been his biggest cheerleader. You can email us, keepingupwithewindsorspod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. And you can also DM us, keepingupwithewindsorspod, over on Instagram. You can head on over to YouTube, Keeping Up With The Windsors, and watch our vlogs over there where we go to palaces, we were at the coronation, loving anything royal. And we would love to just ask you a massive favour, royal community. If you love the royals just as much as we do, share our podcast on Instagram or send it to someone you know who loves the royal family and let's celebrate the work of the royal family together. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up With The Windsors. Windsors.